Alright, so, how you guys doing today? It is Thursday. And, um... Hope you all are doing well. Challenges that we all face during this time, this era. And I'm here to just give you some current events. So... Let's get into it with this one right here with um, pertaining to Anne Heshi and her passing and more info on it. Anne Heshi was about to expose Hollywood pedophile ring before she died. News regarding Anne Heshi's tragic death stunned the world last week. The Hollywood actress was involved in a serious car crash in Los Angeles last week. The mainstream media reported that she suffered serious brain injury and slipped into a coma. It was quickly announced that she was not expected to survive and her family was exploring the possibility of organ donation as had been her wish throughout her life. Doctors later announced that Hesh had suffered brain death and on Friday, the 53-year-old was declared dead under California law. The actress was kept on live support in order to keep her organs healthy during the search for potential recipients of her organs and after recipients were found, on August 15th, her, law, her life support was turned off. But that's not the whole story. Far from it. Okay. And Hesh was nearly nearing completion on a new film that was too close to home for the powers that be in Hollywood. A film about child sex trafficking. Now you already know about how that goes. You already know. You, you could already... Uh, Fill in the blanks there. You already know what happened. You already know what happened. She received numerous warnings telling her to stop working on the film, but she paid no heed during her life. Anne Hesh was always known for her courageous and her courageousness and vowed to see the film through its completion. But before we discuss the project, Anne Hirsch was working on the time of her death. We need to discuss the way she died because there are more than a few things that are off with this death. Celebrity deaths are often bizarre, but Anne Hesh's death is one of those one for the ages. First of all, let's talk let's take a look at the video that played by mainstream outlets on the day of the crash. The media announced Hesh was brain dead, but inconvenient facts started leaking out. First of all, Anne Hesh was fighting for her life, attempting to get out of the body bag. Yeah, I saw that too. Secondly, Anne Hesh was talking to firefighters while she was being rescued. It hardly needs spelling out, but brain-dead people don't talk. And judging by the way the firefighters were acting, many people don't believe there were firefighters at all. Pay attention to the video, and Hesh was covered up completely as if dead. She was carried out by firefighters to one of their vehicles, not by paramedics. To an ambulance. Oh boy. Tragic, horrifying, and strange, there are so many questions that demand answers. Yeah, it, it's... It, look, you already know. You already know. You already know. Play the video right now. These people are evil, okay? It just doesn't pay to work in Hollywood. It just doesn't. But let's just play the video.
sign, but yes. So basically the activity that we were looking for, that, uh, that anxious or that quick moving, that was going on on the other side of the vehicle. Oh, oh my gosh! God. That 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 is not that is not a brain dead person. That is not a brain dead person. Ambulance. That's some sort of sign, but yes. So basically, the activity that we were looking for, that uh, that anxious or that quick moving, that was going on on the other side of the vehicle. Oh, oh my gosh! God. He's completely alive. What the hell? She's completely almost out of the um, body bag. You cannot, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, when you decide to do things like this, when you start, when you start, decide to go to, against the beast, which is called Hollywood, you have to take a lot of precautions. You really do. Sad. There's some hope with this, though. <clears throat> this is the, uh, this is the hope here, and, uh, this is, that people will be informed, even though she died, and, you know, they practically made her a martyr, okay? They practically made her a martyr, um... So I'll read this article right here. Anne Hesh's new sex trafficking film is still happening despite her car crash. The lead producer of the film revealed the reason the this movie is still happening. Despite Anne Hesh's horror crash, the production company that made a film where she is starring has decided to continue with the premiere. Lifetime has made the decision that Anne Hesh's girl in Room 13 movie is still happening regardless of the report. That confirmed that she is not expected to survive. The actress' family told the media that she suffered catastrophic brain injuries that have effectively left her brain dead. She's expected to be disconnected from life support sometime over the next week. The only reason she hasn't been pulled from it is because Hesh herself wishes to donate organs. If that is a, if that is a possibility, doctors are reevaluating which organs are viable for donation, and the decision will be made after that. Tragic news that still hasn't settled in Hollywood. The announcement was made during a Television Critics Association press conference panel this week. Lifetime Executive VP and Head of Programming Amy Winters said the following about the film. And Annie, as many of you know, Annie remains in critical condition. And all of us here at Lifetime are deeply concerned for her and everyone affected. We hope that her friends and family stay strong during this difficult time. You just, you know, just as much as we do. And we ask that you kindly refrain from inquiring about her health status. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, she, she, she was not, um, she didn't die from brain injuries. Okay. This project is important and along with each and every one of us, we all start to make the film that would bring attention to the appalling issue of human sex trafficking. We hope that this film moves you and you are just as inspired as Annie was to help us without 
with our mission to stop violence against women. We're all so dedicated to this cause, stopping the violence against women. And I, again, thank Life Science so much for creating this platform. As a victim of sexual abuse herself, Annie was deeply committed to this project. The producers were convinced that she would have likened for it to still happen despite her passing. In the past, she was one of the brave actors who came out forward to accuse the producer Harvey Weinstein of sexual misconduct. Yeah, they were gonna, they were gonna definitely try to make her pay. That's what they were gonna do. They were going to definitely make her pay. All right. On to the next story here. We have a lawyer, a judge, I'm sorry, a judge who was uh, disgustingly um, put innocent kids in prison for cash. All right, let's, and now he's. Uh, forced to pay the price. All right, here we go. Eight years old? Eight years old. So part of the Kids for Cash scandal. Both men pocketed nearly $3 million in illegal payments and are still serving prison sentences. A judge has ordered them to pay $206 million to 300 victims. 300 victims. 300. That is insane, man. That is absolutely disgusting. Absolutely. I wonder if there's more. And I wonder if these kids were minorities. Because there's a lot of horrible things that happen to kids. Just, you know, in foster care. And I wonder about that. I really do. All right. Here we go. Two former Pennsylvania judges who orchestrated a scheme to send children to for-profit jails in exchange for kickbacks were ordered to pay more than $200 million and to hundreds of people they victimized in one of the worst judicial scandals in U.S. history. U.S. District Judge Christopher Connor awarded $106 million in compensatory damages and $100 million in punitive damages to early, nearly 300 people in a long-running civil suit against judges writing 
the plaintiffs are the tragic human casualties of a scandal of epic proportions. And what came to be known as the Kids for Cash scandal, Mark Saravella, the other judge, Michael Conoran, Conahan, shut down a county-run juvenile detention center and accepted $2.8 million in legal payments from the, the builder and co-owner of two for-profit lockups. Saravella, who presided over juvenile court, pushed a zero-tolerance policy that guaranteed large number of kids be sent to PA child care and assist facility worse than PA child care. Supervella ordered children as young as eight to detention. Many of them first time offenders deemed delinquent for petty theft, joywalking, truancy, smoking on school grounds and other minor minor infractions. The judge often ordered youths he had found delinquent to be immediately shackled, handcuffed and taken away without giving them a chance to put up a defense or even say goodbye to their families. Supervella and Conovan abandoned their oath and breached the public trust. Connor wrote Tuesday in explanation of the, the judgment. Their cruel and despicable actions victimized a vulnerable population of young people, many of whom were suffering from emotional issues and mental health concerns. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court threw out some 4,000 juvenile convictions involving more than 2,300 kids after the scheme was uncovered. It is unlikely that now adult victims will see even a fraction of eye-popping damages award. But a lawyer for the plaintiff said it's recognition of the enormity of the disgraced judge's crimes. It's a huge victory. Marsha Levesque, co-founder and chief counsel of the Philadelphia-based Juvenile Law Center and a lawyer for the plaintiff said Wednesday to have an order from a federal court that recognizes the gravity of what the judges did to these children in the midst of some of the most critical years of their childhood and development matters enormously whether or not money gets paid. Another plaintiff's attorney, Sol Wise, said he would begin to probe the judge's assets and did not think they had any money to pay a judgment. Are you? No, 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 no. Yeah, they got money. They got offshore accounts. Search every one of their financial records. Every last one. Okay? Empty their bank accounts. Empty it. Every last drop, every penny goes to these kids and it needs to go to these adults who, were, who suffered as kids. Cerevelo, 72, is serving a 28-year sentence in Kentucky. His projected release date is 2035. He shouldn't get out. Conahan, 70, was sentenced to more than 17 years in prison and was released at home confinement, released to home confinement, confinement in 2020 with six years left on his sentence because of the coronavirus pandemic. This is disgusting. Connor ruled after hearing often emotional testimony last year from 282 people who appeared in Luzerne County Juvenile Court between 2003 and 2008, 79 of whom were under 13 when Severella sent them to juvenile detention and 32 parents. The rec they reconnected his harsh and arbitrary nature, his disdain for due process, his extraordinary abruptness, and his cavalier and boorish behavior in the courtroom, Connor wrote. One unnamed child victim testified that Severella had ruined my life and just didn't let me get, a let me get to my future, according to Connor's ruling. Said another plaintiff, I feel I was just sold for no reason, like everybody just stood in line to be sold. Another victim described how he shook uncontrollably during a routine traffic stop, a consequence of traumatizing impact of his childhood detention, and had to show his mental health records in court to explain why his behavior was so erratic. Several of the childhood victims were a part of the lawsuit when it began, when it began in 2009, have since died from overdose or suicide, Connor said. 
To calculate compensatory damages, the judge decided that each plaintiff was entitled to a base rate of 1000 for each day of wrongful detention and adjusted that amount based on the circumstances of each case. Substantial punitive damages were warranted because the disgraced judges inflicted unspeakable physical and emotional trauma on children and adolescent Connor, and adolescents Connor wrote. The damages awarded only covers plaintiffs who chose to participate in the process. Other major figures in the case settled years ago, including the builder and the owner of the private lockups and their companies in payouts totaling of $25 million. I'm wondering how many were minorities. That's what I want to know. How many were exactly minorities? Because you know there had to be some racism, racism and some... sad man it's just absolutely disgusting unbelievable unbelievable all right okay so we're going to talk about the uh flint michigan situation now okay The uh, water main emergency impacting seven different communities is still on track for repairs by the first week of September. This is a problem that experts warn won't simply go away. The American Society of Civil Engineers issued a report last year that warned underfunding and upgrades in Michigan's water systems, quote, could lead to major crises affecting millions. Well, 7 Action News reporter Kim Russell takes an in-depth look at the problem it says we need to solve. As the Great Lakes Water Authority works to fix a break in a 10-foot-wide water main that's left many people scrambling to find drinkable water, we're taking an in-depth look at our infrastructure. Time to fill it up. This is the new normal in Michael Galmiak's Shelby Township home. So we have our big pot, you know, that we've been boiling water. He's boiling water as advised before he or his dog drinks it. Finding bottled water can be hit or miss, leading to long lines at this Shelby Township water giveaway. We went out to Walmart the other day. There was pretty much the entire water area aisle was uh, empty. Great Lakes Water Authority CEO Suzanne Coffey says the break happened in a 10-foot-wide water main installed here in St. Clair County in 1973. The authority says the 49-year-old underground high-pressure water pipe had an expected usable life of between 50 and 100 years. The authority relies on sensors that monitor water pressure to signal a problem. New technology allows unmanned inspections, but pipes installed decades ago don't have access for that. As America's infrastructure ages, and we put a lot of this infrastructure in the whole, whole country in the 70s, we're now getting to a point where we're all saying, oh, geez, now we're at this 50-year mark. We got to get in these pipes. We got to look at them. So that's where we're at. People should be concerned. Kelly Carl is the manager of Environment and Infrastructure at the Southeast Michigan Council of Governments, or SEMCOG. She pointed out the American Society of Civil Engineers gave Michigan's water infrastructure a D grade in 2018. 
It says Michigan has underfunded water system improvements between $284 and $563 million a year recently in violation of the Safe Drinking Water Act. Carl says recent federal infrastructure investments help, but they're not a total solution. The federal infrastructure bill allows for about $50 billion nationally on water infrastructure. That means Michigan will get about a billion dollars over the next five years. Um, in addition, and what I'm saying is just in our seven counties, we need three and a half billion annually. Oakland County Water Resources Commissioner Jim Nash says the price will only go up. If we don't have these investments, the costs down the road are going to be much greater. Again, emergency repairs are far more expensive. The Great Lakes Water Authority says it could be September 3rd before this break is fixed. It's scary how easily you know, one problem can cause huge problems for millions of people. If you're struggling right now to find drinkable water for your family, we have information at our website, WXYZ.com. So, you know, this this really was tried. This was attempted to be solved, actually. It was, you know. But, um... You know, I mean, I'll I'll show you, I will show you. Okay, this is what happened, man. I mean, it it was it was solved, you know, but unfortunately, they didn't like that. Okay, a man by the name of Moses West. Okay. He tried to solve this drinking water problem. Okay. But uh, they didn't really like what he did. Okay. So what do you think happened? I just want to ask you a question. What do you, what do you think happened? Okay. Just curious. Do you think uh, they actually let it go let it uh let it fly or you think somebody sabotaged it i'll let you decide one second drain fuel uh, they added something to the coolant lines they played with the electronics and that's not typical vandal stuff less than a week after bringing free water to flint moses west says the green machine he designed to do just that was vandalized once they broke into the machine and uh let me play that back drain fuel uh, they added something to the coolant lines they played with the electronics uh, that's not typical vandal stuff. Because it was good, they were help. He was helping out blacks in the community. That's why. That's why. They're the, the the ones in power are the only ones to have clean water. But the blacks or other low income communities or common folk, you're not allowed to have drinking water. Trying to poison people. Week after bringing free water to Flint, Moses West says the green machine he designed to do just that was vandalized. Once they broke into the machine and uh, 
Uh, they destroyed the, the generator. Very technical. They knew what they were doing. It wasn't just, you know, random vandalism. Not at all. Uh, they destroyed the battery. Uh, they put metal in the fuel system. I saw that when I was cleaning the fuel filter. West is a military veteran who travels across the country to areas in crisis, bringing a machine he designed like this one that literally makes fresh water out of thin air. He put the green machine out for people along Saginaw Street on Thursday and was hoping to make a big impact. He says before the vandalism, they were giving hundreds of people free water every day. You got to look at, uh, I'm making anywhere from 1,200 to 2,000 gallons of water a day. You give it away for free. That's a, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money out of somebody's pocket. Somebody. Yep. It's all about the money. Human life be damned. Being for the people be damned. Somebody complained about this. Somebody complained about this. They only thought about money. Disgusting. West says that he can only speculate as to why someone would try to destroy something that was just trying to help the community. West says he hopes to have the green machine back open and working again soon with some anti-vandalism features added as well. It actually sits in the air. I set it on the ground because it was, the ground was a little bit unstable for it to sit on the legs. But now I've got all support for the legs. All 21,000 pounds of it will sit up in the air and make it uh, harder for people to get to to do devious things to the machine. In Flint, Rachel McCrary, WNEM TV5. All right. That's basically it. You know. You try to do something that's for the people. And. Those in power. Who are supposed to be taking care of the people of Flint, Michigan. They decide that that's a no-no. That is a no-no. You are not allowed to actually be courteous to your fellow man. It's not right. You can't make no money out of it. What you doing? Who do you think you are, man? Who do you think you are? All right. All right, so we got to talk about this heat wave going on now. All right, in America and how it's really should have people concerned. Here we go. Let me now show you a photo. What do you think this looks like? This is not Mars. It is the United States of America, a drought-hit United States of America. This is Lake Mead, America's largest reservoir. Its water levels have fallen to 28%. It is 175 feet lower than it used to be in the year 2000. What do you think is happening here? The U.S. is battling extreme heat and low rainfall, and the result looks like this. 
Almost all of the American states are experiencing drought conditions in some it's severe, in some exceptional, like in the case of Texas. Here, farmers have had to sell their cows for slaughter well ahead of schedule. Why? Because they could not afford to feed the cattle. Water sources have dried up and there is no grass to feed the cows. Farmers in Lone Star have... They had a story about 3,000 cattle uh, were destroyed. Few months ago, on Twitter, you could see you could see it for miles. People, the the person filming was driving, and you, all you could see was dead cattle with their hooves up in the air. It seems like it was done on purpose, like to destroy them, whatever they were feeding them or whatever. That's why people it, it's stocking up is not a game. Hope people are stocking up on food, or learning how to grow their food. Shoot, I gotta learn how to get seeds. that be already knew about this people in charge of this already knew the drought was coming ahead of time i wonder if they knew about this and just chose not to make preparations on purpose depopulation man depopulation a lot of things are happening nowadays that are just things that could have been prevented things that could have been planned for in advance i'm just saying just making an observation Things with the skeletons, could that mean there could be some unsolved murders? That could be um, cold cases that could now become warm again? Just a thought. Some are just being covered with gravel. This is the state of the United States of America. 50% of California's farmers have had to remove their crops. This is a state that has high fruit and nut tree crops, California. Why is all of this happening? 
You all know the answer to the question. It's climate change. We've spoken about this and its causes over and over again. So let's focus instead on what this extreme weather means for those watching us from the U.S. One, it means a summer of extremes. Parts of California, for example, recorded temperatures up to 43 degrees Celsius on the 17th of August. Extreme heat also risks wildfires, many of which are already blazing in the U.S. And temperature is not the only thing to worry about. There's also high food prices since orchards have been destroyed. Crops have been raised. There's bound to be an imbalance in demand and supply. Reports say fruits, nuts, and vegetables in the U.S. mostly come from states hit by droughts. What about meat? Currently, the market is flooded with cattle. Ranchers are selling off their herd. Calves that would use, usually sell for up to $800 are reportedly now being sold for $70. But once the market consumes these excess animals, the ranchers are left with a smaller breeding herd, and prices are bound to go up. What about the rest of the world, even if you're not in the U.S.? And your budget will feel the burn of this extreme weather. Take almonds, for example. I'm assuming a lot of you consume them. Well, did you know California grows 80% of the world's almonds? The drought has hit almond production. And our markets worldwide will feel the shortage. Same with wheat, corn, soybean, and other American exports. You know what they say? You reap what you sow. For decades now, we have sown the seeds of climate change, and now the U.S. barely has crops to reap. We on All right. So, we're in some trouble, man. And people need... They, they, you know, Russia... You know, ch no, China. China tells their citizens to stock up on food to prepare, but the U.S. government, they're not telling their people that. They're saying everything is fine. That's kind of strange, isn't it? More of like they're letting things go down the drain so you could be more dependent on the government. Just saying. I mean, that would be a brilliant plan if I was a very evil human being. Okay. So, now to go in with this story now. Remember what I said about one in five women in New York are doing OnlyFans? Well, guess what? There are nurses, okay, in droves that are ditching their jobs to do OnlyFans. Yep, I said it. I said it. And it's, it's, it's kind of nuts, you know. But a lot of them are understaffed. A lot of them are overworked. And, you know, uh, a lot of them are, you know, probably not. They have to work um, triple shifts, working grueling overtime. I mean, nurses work, you know, 16 hours a day, probably even more. But it's definitely more in, this, in due to these, uh, the era that we're in. Okay. All right. So, exclusive rising number of NHS staff and um and workers are ditching their jobs to do OnlyFans. A growing number of NHS and social care staff are quitting their jobs and becoming OnlyFans stars because of the cost of living crisis. Charities claims 
They are swapping tireless and poorly paid roles in the frontline health and care for the adult site, where some make up to 50000 a month. Unions have warned staff are leaving in droves for better paid, less stressful jobs, with record inflation making this year's 4% pay raise and a massive pay cut. Campaigners said the high number of women in the sectors mean it isn't surprising they are being lured into adult work. Val Grace, 26, from Yorkshire, left. I'm back, people. I'm back. Okay, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. All right. I'm going to come back to that story and just read it again. All right. Here we go. growing number of NHS and social care staff are quitting their jobs and becoming only fan stars because of the cost of living crisis charities claim. All right. They are swapping tireless and poorly paid roles and frontline health and care for the adult side where some make up to 50,000 a month. All right. Now here's the thing about when you're doing, uh, when you're doing only fans. Okay. Very few actually make it to the top. What people don't understand when people say, oh, I want to go and do, you know, I want to go and do OnlyFans is the fact that, uh, you know, um, you're not the only one thinking that type of, uh, doing that type of job, doing that type of work. All right. Because of the simple fact that you have to compete. All right. You're competing with other people. And very few make it to the top. All right. And let's not forget the, uh, the, um, you know, the stalking, all, all this other stuff that you have to put up with. Okay. Being an OnlyFans model. Okay. That's what they don't tell you. Unions have warned staff are leaving in droves for better paid, less stressful jobs with record inflation, making this year's four cent pay raise a massive pay cut. Campaigners said the, the high number of women in the sector 
meant it isn't surprising they are being lured to, into online adult work. See, that's the thing. They're, they want to do this online work, but they're not thinking about their reputation, the fact that the internet makes the world a very small place. And let's say you want to have a relationship with a guy and possibly want to get married. All it takes is somebody who, a friend of the, um, a friend of the family, someone close to them to tell that man, listen, don't marry this woman. She does OnlyFans. Okay. And that's it. You ruin your chances of being able to have a, a, a man that will marry you and take you seriously. Because no man wants a woman that is in every man's mouth. Bella Grace, 26, from Yorkshire, left her job as a carrier for children and adults with autism last year, where she was paid roughly 1600 a month. She has now become an OnlyFans sensation and makes between 7000 and 51000 monthly. Former healthcare assistant James Cow, 23, from Barmouth, also made the switch last year after being insulted by the government's proposed pay raise. And Holly Monroe, 25, from Hertfordshire, has been able to move to Marbella on the back of the funds she got from quitting her job as a carrier for an OnlyFans career. Okay. So OnlyFans is a social media platform used primarily by adult content creators who sell personalized pictures and videos to followers who pay a monthly subscription. Adult worker support charity bond. The street said it is deeply concerned by the rise in care workers turning to the site. A spokesperson told Mail Online financial vulnerability can be a driver in the, to the sale of sex and online sexual content. OnlyFans has become a hugely lucrative endeavor for many of its users, particularly celebrities like Black China, Bella Thorne, Mia Khalifa, that no wonder no one could take her seriously, who are among its highest paid earning creators. According to the Influencer Marketing Hub, these A-lists rank in millions of dollars a month, with Black China topping the list of the site's biggest earners with estimated monthly income of $20 million. Here, Mail Online reveals the top 10 earners Estimate and their estimated monthly incomes. Black China, one sixteen point five million, twenty million. Bella Thorne, nine point one million, eleven million. Cardi B, seven point seven million, nine point thirty four million. Tigger, six point four million, seven um, seven point sixty nine million. Maya Khalifa, fifty three point three million, six point forty three million U.S. Erica Mina, three three point seven million, four point forty nine million. Pia Mia, 1.8 million, 2.22 million. Safari Samuels, 1.6 million, 1.91 million. Megan Barton Hansen, 80, 877,000, 1.06 million. And Jim Wolfie, 747,000 pounds. That is 900,000. We are a charity who works alongside many women who have been exploited, whilst in vulnerable situations, and are deeply concerned by any increase of involvement due to the impact of the cost of the living crisis. The charity is supporting at least one former healthcare worker who has made a similar change. The English Collective of Prostitutes, a campaign group which supports women, oh my gosh, women in adult work told Mail Online, women, especially mums, have been the hardest hit by the cost of the living crisis. As nearly as 80% of NHS staff are women and wages are now lower than they were in 2010. It isn't surprisingly that growing number of NHS staff are turning to sex work to support wages that don't cover the cost of living. Miss Grace said while she missed, misses her old work, she prefers the new lifestyle 
OnlyFans has offered. Uh, the, I mean, this they thinking only of the money, all right? And they're not understanding the fact that they're putting themselves in the crosshairs of perverts, incels, and predators. She started her account in May 2020 while still working as a team leader in a care institution for children and adults with autism. Her bosses found out and confronted her with the pictures she had shared on the platform and she quit in January 2021 because she was already earning 7000 per month from the side gig. Now on a good month, she can earn her entire old salary in a fortnight. But it isn't easy work, she said. She still puts in 16 hours a day, seven days a week to grow her account. Mr. Crow earned more in his three days after joining OnlyFans than he was getting in a month as a healthcare assistant. He would work three 12-hour shifts a week in a dementia care home and was always exhausted. After the government announced a 1% proposed pay raise for NHS workers last year, he said he felt he had no choice but to look for another industry to go into. He says switching to OnlyFans was far above one of the best decisions he has ever made. The government has since increased the NHS pay raise to at least 1400 for nurses, paramedics, and midwives. They received 3% raise, uh, raise last year. Seems that uh, they really didn't care. Like I said, I think it's really a um, an inside job. I really do. I do think it's a global agenda to just push people into debauchery. I really do think that way. I think it's a globalist elite agenda to force people to break their their morals. Okay? Either through um, secular music, it is through harsh economic conditions, whatever you name it. It is to push sex as the only way to get money and to break people's morals. To break their inhibitions. In order for them. To be. A type of bestial. A former shell. Of what a human being. Could. Used to be. I really think that. Okay. Because you're not going to put. If you are. If your country is going through harsh economic times. Since 2019. Due to you know. What we're going through, you wouldn't want to throw peanuts at your people and expect them not to find other avenues to pay for their bills and to put food in their kids' bellies. You wouldn't do that, but this is what is happening. And you're feeding the beast of, you know, the sex work industry. Because sad to say what will happen next is women will offer themselves up to be sex trafficked. It, it, it's just a sick, engineered plan. That's what I see here. I really do. And it's sad. It really is. Okay. And the agenda is real in Britain. I mean, hey, in Oklahoma, they have OnlyFans classes for students. In Oklahoma, courses in OnlyFans. All right, 
Um, you can look up the information yourself to, you know, for more reading. I don't want to bore you with the text. All right. So, on to a new story right here. Um, it's with Frito Lay with United Negro College Fund for 500k in Indy-based scholarships. All right. And this right here had me thinking a lot. It really did. All right. Frito Lay has teamed up with the United Negro College Fund to provide scholarship money for black and Hispanic students seeking higher education. According to the press release, the snack giant has committed to a 500,000 investment in in-need-based scholarships to help reduce the financial barriers to attending and graduating college. Hmm. I have a question here. All right. You never see, you know, Jewish people when they have their college-based programs trying to offer it not just to Jewish people, but also to other ethnic groups. They specifically think only of their people to try and better themselves. Okay. Very much with the Hispanics, very much with the Asian community, very much with the Indian community, and so on. Okay, but for some reason, you know, blacks always have to be tied to the hip of another ethnic group to actually get funds. The fund is one of the largest scholarship investments into in Frito-Lay history and is an extension of Frito-Lay's commitment to Pepsi-Cola racial equality journey initiative. With the scholarship fund, the company aims to address the burden of higher education debt that has long-lasting consequences of, for students of color. Investing in these students means investing in tomorrow's success. It's a privilege to play a role in their futures, explained Steve Williams, CEO of the PepsiCo Pepsi Funds North America. At Frito-Lay, we are proud to celebrate diversity at any level of our organization and remain committed to supporting future generations through resources that enable them to continue their education journey and achieve long-term success. We are thrilled to partner with Frito-Lay to support the underrepresented groups and the communities that we call home added Maurice E. Jenkins Jr., Executive Vice President and Chief Development Officer of UNCF. The partnership helps us to further act on our mission as a nation for all Americans have equal access to college education that prepares them for rich intellectual lives, competitive and fulfilling careers, and engaged citizenship. Okay. But again, it's like... Why does it have to be tied to another ethnic group? Why can't United Negro College Fund just get it from, you know, get their money for blacks to help them? Because the black community is the most, you know, talking about the ones that are low income, they're the ones that are most disadvantaged and they need um, funding for their schools. Okay, for their colleges. And that's what's needed. The scholarship will be accessible to students in the following cities. Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, Houston, Los Angeles, Orlando, Phoenix, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. To qualify 
Applicants must be enrolled in a full-time at an accredited four-year college and have a minimum of 2.5 GPA. Kind of just see it as a fact of just a way to just not have African-Americans be able to have a leg up without any sort of attachment. I mean, look at the black farmers, right? They were about to get some government aid and then white farmers sued to block them from getting it. Okay. And um, shout out to Amazing Lucas who was giving a live stream on this. And um, I agree with him. There's some things I didn't agree with him on. But this I do agree with him on when it comes to this. Okay. I do agree with him on this. Because blacks deserve, African Americans, descendants of slavery, deserve the reparations and they deserve to have money to help with their issues, with their communities. As every other ethnic group gets their fair share, their fair due, so do African Americans deserve their fair share and their dues. Since they have helped in the development of this nation. They've helped build the, the Washington Capitol. Okay. They fought in wars. Both world wars. And still were treated like garbage. And still lynched even in their um, service uniforms. They were treated more respect in other countries than they were from the country of the U.S. Which they were born and where they came from. And that says a lot. Heck, I mean, African, you know, blacks, period, are treated better in Russia than they were treated in Ukraine. That will tell you something. That should tell you something. Okay? terrible but it's food for thought it is food for thought alright that's all I got for now I will talk to you guys later hope you enjoyed the stream like, share, comment and subscribe I'm out